Good afternoon, and welcome to our Embedded Executive Podcast. My name is Rich Ness. I am the uh, Executive Vice President of Open Systems Media. I lead the Embedded IoT teams for Embedded Computing Design. My Embedded Executive, I'm not really sure if you're Embedded, Maya, but that's what you have to be today because that's what we call the podcast. Maya Shripadam, and she is a Senior Product Manager at Blue River Technology, which I was sort of led to believe is John Deere. What's the connection there, Maya, between Blue River Technology and John Deere? Sure. Yeah. Hey, hey, Rich. Nice to meet you. Thanks for having me. So in 2017, Deere acquired Blue River Technology, which was a really well-backed Silicon Valley startup, um, kind of committed to developing innovative AI, computer vision-based technology and robotics for agriculture. Um, so that was kind of how the partnership started. And then it's blossomed from there into um, deploying these massive agricultural industrial-sized robots into the world, um, bringing us into 2023. So before the acquisition, were you working on agriculture stuff or were you just doing autonomous in general and eventually leading to automobiles? Yeah, so Blue River um, was focused on providing computer vision-based uh, intelligence to agriculture. So they actually started uh, south of the Silicon Valley Valley in the Salinas area, um, working with lettuce. Working with lettuce? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty <Okay>. cool, right? <laughs> That's definitely different. I don't hear that one a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... What we really want to talk about here was the autonomous stuff. And I saw something across my desk recently that said, John Deere has a goal of having a fully autonomous production system by 2030. First thing that says, that's pretty far out, seven years. But that doesn't sound that hard, but I know how hard it really is. So um, A, is it a real, I'll, I'll ask you an easy question first. Is it a realistic goal and why? Yeah. So. I it, I think it is realistic, um, and I think our company feels it's realistic because if you kind of look at the macroeconomic trend of the agricultural industry uh, in compared to the world, our population is expected to reach 9.8 billion by 2050, and that would require farmers to produce nearly 50% more food that, than we're producing now. Um, you know, and in order to do that, we have to look at, hey, who's available to actually help grow that food? And the overall employment of agricultural workers is projected to grow just 1% in roughly the next decade, right? Which is slower than the average for all occupations. So if you kind of think about what's the missing piece of that puzzle, it's autonomy, right? Because it, it frees up farmers already super constrained time, people who are working 12 to 18 hour days and allows them to multitask and kind of just expand the amount of output that they can get done in a given day, which okay, will- Okay, so let me interrupt you here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm taking issue with your stat. Is, is, is it only growing 1% because of autonomy? And if there wasn't the autonomy there, then the number would be much higher because we don't need more people? No, it is, that is the overall- projected growth rate as of now without autonomy. So not even thinking about if autonomy is a part of that. Plan. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I misunderstood. Thank you. Okay. Yeah, yeah, sorry. All right. Okay. So um, do you, as, as a company, are you taking what's done for automotive, which is seems to be a little more leading edge and tweaking it to work for agriculture? Or are they two completely different animals? Well, maybe animals is the wrong reference here, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, well, 
animals is funny, right? Because usually in automotives, you don't see cows walking into the middle of the road. But um, so that's kind of an example of where there are similarities, right? Obviously, object detection and navigation planning, basics of automotive vehicles apply to both. But the environment that we operate in um, through deer equipment, especially in ag, is, is very different, right? One, you're in a bounded environment. And the other kind of huge difference is you're operating in, in like extreme diverse weather conditions. And you've got a vehicle that's like five to seven times the size of a car moving through an open field. So when you, when you do an autonomous driving, you, you pretty much know what to expect. You're on a road, you have curves, you have traffic lights and stop signs and people and bicycles. And when I think of what you have on a farm, you, mm -hmm. you have no idea because you yeah. don't know where these farms are. You, you might have, have a cliff, you might have a giant boulder, um, you might have animals, like you said. You know, I always think of having scarecrows in this field, it probably isn't a real thing either. But um, how do you plan for stuff that you don't even know what to plan for? Yeah, I, that, that's a great question. And it's a challenge that most AI products face, right? Like how do you safely and intelligently handle the unexpected? And I think we approach that in, in two different ways. One, working with a company like Deer means we've got deep institutional knowledge, right? We've got hundreds of years of knowledge of farming practices and how those have changed over time and how customers handle different scenarios, right? Like when a customers driving a tractor today, what do they do if they see um, a wet spot in the middle of the field? Or what do they do if they're um, kicking up too much dirt or the residue isn't incorporating correctly? And then we can take that behavior and mimic it, right, with an autonomous system to make sure that we're giving farmers a product that um, protects their agronomic yield. Uh, and then the other thing we can do is for um uh, you know, scenarios that farmers might not even think of that would trip up an autonomous system, such as a bird flying through the air or, um, you know, dust collecting onto the lens. Um, we try to lead with data, right? And so that's why being in the field is so important because we're collecting data in real time. And, you know, that's helping us understand the unexpected. Over time, that system will get better because we get more data to tell us about the world. Do you employ an open system where you ask the customers, who I guess we would call farmers, to, to buy into the system whereby if something happens on a farm in Iowa where, hey, we never saw this before, we need to make sure farmers in Illinois are aware of this, where it goes up to the cloud and again gets downloaded? Um. So, but like maybe just so I'm understanding your question, are, are you asked, like, what are you asking? Are you asking like how we collect the data or... It was it was it was more of an if than a how. I'll, I'll I'll ask you the how as the second part. But is is such a system in place where if this happens on this in this farm here in Iowa, does does the system say this is something every farmer in the world needs to know about? Upload this and download it onto in, onto everybody's tractor. Totally, yeah. So it it doesn't quite work that way. But what we do is we do sample based on events, right? So when we stop for something in a field, we are recording data around why we stop for that thing, um, whether we are, whether it's something that we should have stopped for, or whether it was a false positive, and we use that sampling back into building our training and our test sets so that the productivity of the machine learning system improves over time. And, and those productivity gains are available to all customers, um, even though we do different 
you know, we see different things on different customers' farms. Okay. So I'm a city boy. And if this sounds like a dumb question, just humor me. But no, 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 no such thing. What what types of equipment does this go on? Like I could think of a plow. What what else is this being used for? Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with the tractor. Um, the tractor is kind of known as the Swiss army knife on a farm. So it does, you know, many different jobs. And we're starting with drawn implement jobs, uh, particularly tillage, which is kind of where you turn the soil over in prep for planting, um, which is kind of the next step, step on the farm. Uh, and there are different types of tillage tools. So the plow is one of them, but then you can also have tools like a high-speed disc or a vertical tillage tool. That's totally dependent on the farmer, their soil, their farming practices. So is the goal to have a complete giant industrial farm run by one person who's sitting in his den? I don't know that we can right now clearly articulate exactly what the ratio of people and location and, and equipment is in, in 2030, but the general gist of that is, is directionally accurate, right? We want to have people being able to stay connected to their machines while they work autonomously in the field, but be productive doing something else, right? Whether that's creating a new business plan, whether that's, you know, doing their finances, whether that's making calls to their marketing rep to sell more seed. Okay. So you said, I think I said that the goal was to have this by 2030 and you threw out a number of something about the population happening in 2050. So what happens in those 20 years? What does John Deere look like in the year 2050? What what are your products going to be able to do? You know, I don't I don't have a crystal ball, but I can <laughs> tell you that what I would like to see them do as a product manager who spends a lot of time interviewing customers is I want us to be able to give farmers greater insights on their operation, right? I want us to be able to process more data for them so that they can make more accurate decisions on when to plant when the right time to harvest is, what the right fertilizer they should use, and really kind of get to this vision of plant-by-plant plant management where we're optimizing every square inch of land that's worked. Don't we just grow all these vegetables in a factory using chemicals in the year 2050 anyway? I mean, sure, maybe we also have lab-grown meat. Who knows, right? Like, I think <laughs> the possibilities are endless for where humanity is in 2050, but I think deer and blue river are going to be a part of uh, making sure smart machinery is, is there to help. Well, knowing what I've learned about the company in the last couple of years, and it's been somewhat of the, the fire hose for me, but very impressed with what you guys are doing, you know, in terms of autonomy and artificial intelligence, stuff like that. So my straw hat is off to you. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate the support. <laughs> That was Maya Shripadam. She is a senior product manager at Blue River Technology, which is a John Deere company, and I'm Rich Nass with Open Systems Media. Thanks, Maya. Thanks.